Recorded live from the studios in Omaha, Nebraska. Welcome to the Halloween episode of The Other Kind Radio. Talk Radio. Today is October 30th, and this is episode 69. The Other Kind Radio is a weekly podcast where your hosts, Todd and Jeff, Ping-pong around pop culture like an eyeball bounces around a room if it's thrown properly. First-time listeners, welcome. Come in, make yourself comfortable. And don't mind the paintings whose eyes follow you wherever you go. Returning kind listeners, welcome back. Help yourselves to some mystery gooey punch and have a rat-tailed cookie. Jeff and Todd ask that all listeners like or subscribe to the podcast. By doing so, you are helping feed the algorithm that keeps the podcast universe spinning and their show in its death grip. This, ep- this week's episode is brought to you by the Halloween classic, Candy Corn. Candy Corn, the milk toast candy of all, but it always comes through in a pinch. Now I know what you're thinking. What kind of accent is this? Is this supposed to be funny? Pizza sounds good for dinner tonight. Is he gonna use his voice the entire show? Now let's bring on your hosts. Todd is a family generator, movie maker, guitar and drum player, book author, dive bomb, boom box founder, and all around renaissance man. And Jeff, well, he's just Jeff. Talk radio listeners, please welcome your hosts. I like to imagine that those aren't children cheering, they're screaming. They're Yay! terrified with the third. Lord, that's a long applause track. I don't think I've uh, ever played it all the way through for you. <laughs> oh, oh, hang on, kind listener. We're just going to sit here and listen to the whole thing. Keep going. Oh, no, it's, it's I'm done. Kidding. Oh. I'm kidding. I'm <laughs> kidding. Hi Jeff, how are you? Hey Todd, happy Halloween! Man, I I am already scared. Yeah, it was a little scary, wasn't it? And I I don't know where this is going. I I didn't expect that. No one warned me that we had a guest commentator to introduce us and and whatnot. I'm you, terrified. You know, call it a quinky dink, but it seems like that guest intro person had the same problem reading script that was written and read over about 10 times as I usually do. So it's a funny thing. I thought, wow, that what's really cool is Jeff found somebody to come on and he coached him that whenever it came to Todd as a family generator to basically stumble over that. <laughs> hey, even, even the, even the ghosts on Halloween are like, not broadcast worthy so it's uh, hopefully we got a few giggles uh throughout there i do i do like that uh we have 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 uh-oh i lost you jeff no you're here what was that i have did you get that yeah i heard you go so 
here here comes the pull back the curtain <laughs> jeff tweeted out that we had technical difficulties yesterday so the immediate moment when i hear anything back like that i don't know if jeff's jerking with me <laughs> no sir or if it's more of the gremlins coming in oh man yesterday was a technical nightmare if it could go wrong it could it went wrong it was awful much. both with the show and my professional life yesterday was uh was brought to you by our number, which is 69. And with more on 69, here's Todd. 69. Oh, that oh-so-lovely number 69. 69. So let's let's sound very smart for a minute. It is a lucky number. I don't know why. That's just what Wikipedia says. Ooh. It's a semi-prime number. Would you like to... Do you have an idea what a semi-prime is? I know what a semi is, but please tell me what a semi-prime is. Semi-prime is a natural number that is the product of two prime numbers. Ooh. Then we can go on and sound really smart. We It's a bloom integer. This, this, since the factors of 69 are both Gaussian primes, it's the sum of sums of the divisors of the positive of the nine integers. Whatever. Let's get to the interesting stuff. Let's see. Amongst the pop culture things that are relevant. Sure. For the longest time... It was the last possible television number in the UFH band plan for American terrestrial television from 1982 until its withdrawal on December 31st of 2011. Pretty interesting, right? That that gets my that gets my geek semi going. I remember the UHF thing and you know living in small town Denison, Texas, I couldn't get crap to come through on UHF. For those kind so. listeners that weren't born in the 70s, UHF stands for ultra high frequency and, and was a, uh, a a way to transmit television signals back in the day it was uhf and what vhf mm-hmm. and all it was, it was what ultra high frequency and then very high frequency i don't i don't know all i knew at that time was that it would it held the allure that there were more channels out there and i never could find any <laughs> That's really the way I felt about it as a kid. And then all of a sudden, HBO comes along, and they just put a box on top of my TV with a flip switch on it, and I got all kinds of movies. And that was correct. It, VHF stands for very high frequency. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I was going to say, I hope the people who came up with that nomenclature have been fired, but most likely they're probably dead, which fits into Halloween and the creepiness of it. So Exactly. Do you think that the hippies back then were like, hey, man, who are you listening to, man? Oh, I'm uh, I'm watching something on VHF. That's cool, man. You should check out UHF. That's ultra high. <laughs> no, I don't know. Sure, Jeff. Whatever, oh, Jeff. Re- real quick here, I did find uh, something else on 69. It says here that 69 is when two people who care and love about each other and get naked smash their bodies in a position with some of not limited to. And then they go out to dinner. So there you go. I, I never knew the go out to dinner part. The rest <laughs> I'd heard before. And then go out to dinner. Oh, and then go out to dinner. You know, I do have one last thing I want to oh, throw oh, in. I'm the sorry. Culture of the 69, which is that is the number that fictional characters Bill Preston and Ted Logan were thinking of when talking to their future selves in the film Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Which they're making a remake of right now, right? Yeah, they're, everybody's got to reboot something. I need a reboot. I tell you what. Um, also, real quickly, uh, don't know if you watched it. I don't think 
Todd. Todd, you're not a big baseball guy, are you? I I do like baseball, but I follow a really crappy team, so I lose interest usually pretty quickly. I'm the kind of baseball fan that like shows up for Game Seven, and then I went to bed. So congratulations to the Washington <laughs> Nationals <laughs> on their win. Um, like I guess I did watch that game last night. Did you? Was it good? good? Game. I, you know, I I was telling my kids she knows this that growing up in Dallas, the Texas Rangers have sucked primarily throughout oh. their history. Okay, I I would lose interest forever, and but my uncle lived in Houston would take me to Astros games. So I, you know, when Astros play, I I'm I'm interested. And as we move further away from the Halloween theme, um, yes. baseball, one of the sports that is to me more enjoyable, most more enjoyable, if that makes sense, in person. Agreed. Then, then on television. So if you if you want to take me to a baseball game, I'll go. I love it. But put it on TV, and I'd... now there's something really relaxing to me to watch a baseball game. Except last night, where I was like, okay, I really want to. You know, I've been to enough Astros games back in there, the Astrodome. I want to see them win again, and I I like a lot of those players. And boy, what a gut wrencher of a game! But um, I think you're absolutely right. The the thing about baseball for me in person is it's not just the game. It benefits more from the environment than any other sport. I agree. And then, but then hockey, if you want to see a game that's infinite, yes. hockey is like, oh, because it's so fast and just what's anyway, that's sports talk. What's this? What's this? What in your mind, what's the sport that's the worst to see in person? Cricket. <laughs> I didn't even think he would say that. Uh, I've never seen cricket. I'll have to think seen, on that one. I saw one, but it was, you know, they were playing cricket at like some festival. They had something going on. So I've never seen a professional game. I, I may be full of. <laughs> All right. Um, so on today's episode, we're going to talk a little. Uh, Todd's take is going to be on another podcast that he's listened to. My judgment is Jeff's judgment is going to be on Call of Duty. Modern Warfare was just released and uh, going to talk a little bit about that. And then we're just kind of going to do a smorgasbord a borsk, a stew of Halloween favorites and memories and all that stuff. Cause uh, you know, as we get further and further up in years, I'm sure that uh, your youngest probably doesn't do any of the trick or treating or anything. And we're back uh, a little break there. Todd had some, uh, some house stuff to take care of. And it was long enough, ladies and gentlemen, kind listeners that I don't remember what we were talking about. <laughs> so, it's called rewind, Jeff. Just uh, yeah, rewind the whole file while we're listening, exactly. and let's let the kind listener listen to us do post pre mid production. Right. I am so scared to touch anything technical or mechanical or electronical <laughs> right now. And yes, I said electronical. Um, before we get into Todd's take and Jeff's judgment, um, I do want to recognize Beaker, kind listener Beaker, just hit his one hundredth listen. I think I mentioned this on the last podcast, but. Uh, Thank you, Beaker. Thank you for your 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 patronage, your listening. Um, he's a big fan. So thank you, Beaker. 100th listen. We love you. Okay. I don't have the laptop out to do your intro. <laughs> That's quite all right. So I'll try it on my own. Oh, that's the projector. Um, that means it's time for Todd's take on. Todd, what's your take on this week? <laughs> I, I really want it to be seamless, Jeff. Um, but 
could we please keep that as my intro from now on instead of the actual one? Okay, I'll uh, I'll fish it out. <laughs> I I'm trying not to laugh at you. Anyway, so my take this week is on a podcast that I absolutely love. I look forward to new episodes when it comes out. I know it may be odd to advertise another podcast, a podcast, but we are pop culture yeah. podcast. So here it comes. It is one called Strong Songs. And it is hosted by a man named Kirk Hamilton, who I don't know Kirk's complete background, but he is an incredibly well-trained musician. Uh, comes from his father was a musician, all these kind of things. What he does is he takes songs, and this is the way that he describes it on the episode. Uh, I'm sorry, on their website. Kirk Hamilton takes listeners inside a piece of music, breaking it down and figuring out what makes it work. Now, the cool thing about it is, is I've told a few friends that love music and they're like, oh, dude, that sounds like because you're a musician, you're going to love it. Here's what's really cool. And I'm going to play a clip in just a little bit. And it does fit into the Halloween theme, too. Ooh. He takes music and what he does is he speaks. He does speak to the musicians because I've, you know, I've studied enough that it, it, it gets into, wow, I've never heard that before. And this and this and this. But he also takes the time, and I don't know if in this clip he does or not, but if, if he's going to talk about, instead of it using a, a certain scale, it uses this mode, and he talks about the difference between modes and scales on a level that really doesn't get to tired headness. Mm. And so what he broke down this week, and it was why I thought, I've got to feature it. He decided to take the song Making Christmas from the film The Nightmare Before Christmas, mm-hmm. written by Danny Elfman. and break it down and so what he'll do is he'll say listen to this and this and this is what i'm hearing so much so that by the end of it he he figured out or he he tells us that he figured out that the main part of this theme is actually a riff on a classic christmas carol and he'd never heard it before it's just that uh, danny elfman slows it down and does something different with it it just takes music and to me makes it infinitely more enjoyable so jeff if you're cool i'm going to play back a little bit of this i'm cool Okay, now this may start in the middle of a phrase, but here we go. But um, I just want to highlight like a couple of bars here at the beginning and point out what's going on. So just listen to this very short sequence. Making Christmas. Making Christmas. All right, so I want to try to attune your ears to all the things that are going on there. The first thing that's happening is underneath everything else, and that is the timpani. The timpani is a large drum played in orchestras and wind ensembles. It's in the percussion section, and you tune it to different notes depending on what song you're playing. Sometimes you retune the timpani in the middle of a performance, which can be cool. You'll see the timpani player back there playing it, and then they'll pull out a pitch pipe and kind of sit down there with it really quietly trying to retune it to a different note. Okay, so we could go on with that, but you hear he's going to point out in that he points out here's what the the timpani does and then what he'll he'll do with that part where you heard the making christmas he'll start talking about how they echo in the different voices of the orchestra behind it to me it just it lends so much to especially a non-musician you start to hear these things that make these great songs work and then you start to also realizing that that it really 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 Man, I love gremlins, but it just takes things and it makes things so much richer when you're listening to music. So go out there, support strong songs, tell him that we sent you over there, you know, and give a shout out. Maybe he'll come on our show with us. Yeah. So I've got a couple questions for you. One, are the episodes named by the song that he breaks down? Yes. Okay. 
And then, um, did you, have you listened to, uh, an episode where you saw the song and you're like, eh, but then you listened to it and you were like, huh, interested. So I have, I'll put it this way. I've listened to, Ooh, there's an episode I actually missed. Um, I've listened to just about everything he did. And absolutely. There are songs that I'm like, eh, it's really not my cup of tea. Right. Uh, D- dancing queen by ABBA. Oh. Uh, I think ABBA, I think the guys that wrote the music in ABBA are absolute masters that you cannot knock how many hits they had, how great their hits are, how their earworms. Well, what he does is break it down. And because I've never played the song and don't care to, Mm -hmm. I'm not going to listen to it. But even he begins to notice, if you'll notice right here, when when they want the song to become a little inward and introspective type thing. Mm -hmm. Listen, they throw in a minor chord. And sure enough, there I was like, well, I'll be damned. This does have that little flip. These guys are such masters. You know, he turns you on to that. So he can take the musicians of the world and make you listen. He can take the non-musician and, and, and educate you to the point where, wow, you're hearing things on a different level. Because music really can be enjoyed just on surface level or a depth that's that's much probably new to a lot of people. Right. It's almost like de- like your favorite cooking show, de- deconstructing a particular dish or whatnot. Exactly. Uh, and especially something like Dancing Queen, which, you know, again, gives me the heebie-jeebies. Um, <laughs> it's one of Abby's favorite songs in the world. Is it? The heebie-jeebies oh, by God. the Bee Gees? Um, especially because she's about to be 17. She's like, you realize I'm the Dancing Queen. I said, you realize that she's an underage girl on the dance floor. <laughs> and I just said that it was by the Bee Gees, and it's by Abba, as you said. Yeah. So, once again, I fail. All right. Well, I'll I'll check it out. Uh, kind listeners should check it out. And like Todd said, send them a word. Say, hey, we heard about you on the other kind radio. All right. That's going to do it for Todd's take on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. With the gremlins and the bad sound effects, this is this is truly a Hollywood, uh, a Hollywood Halloween special. Sorry, I just got something that popped up. I need to close that so that doesn't happen. Okay. Um, all right, let's go to best episode ever. Best episode ever. Let's go on to Jeff's Judgment, which is on Call of Duty Modern Warfare, just released last week. And I'm just telling you right off the bat, um, the recycling that is done with these games. And I have to hand it to Treyarch and Activision and these other studios that are that are uh, that put on uh, Black Ops and and uh, Call of Duty Modern Warfare. Um, they do make them a little prettier. They do change up certain elements, but it is the same game. I tried to get into the solo portion of the game that is so linear and so forced that um, I had to turn it off um, because you can't really do what you would instinctively do, whether you go hide in a certain area or try to get in a certain room for cover or whatever you can't. And then coming to the multiplayer been watching Tim the Tatman, Dr. Disrespect, and some other people on Twitch play the game, and it really is just leading us back down the road to camping and people laying down in rooms and just, and when I say camping to the non-gamer, uh, on these multiplayer maps, if you find a certain area, a corner or a little peaking spot, some players will just stay in that area and not move, therefore, a.k.a. camping, and just shoot from that one spot. So those of us that are running around and trying to play the game, I guess you could say as it was intended, uh, generally get real frustrated when you round a corner two or three times and that same person's there and shoots you in the face. Um, I, I also think the decision for Modern Warfare not to have a battle royale, which again is the format that kind of like uh, Fortnite, 
um, um, uh, PUBG and some of the others uh, that feature a, a battle royale um, feature, um, it's really hurting them because you can only take so many couple of hours of running around that same map. There are also some maps that have got some horrible design and uh, even getting into my, what will be my, my 47th year uh, in December, uh, the, the frustration and the tired head does come rather quickly. With all that said, do I regret getting it? No, um, I'm enough of a gamer that I want to say, uh, keep up with the pop culture and be able to say that I've played it and, and talk a little bit about it. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens with future installments or updates to the game as far as whether they bring a BR, a Battle Royale, or if they fix some of the horrible uh, glitches that are in the game and guns that are not uh, fixed. So if you've played them all like I have, you'll probably end up getting it. It's that it's that uh, last potato chip in the bag when you know that's not good for you. Um, it'll keep you interested, but uh, for those that have maybe never experienced it or, or are on the, on the edge, uh, again, I give it a... and and say pass on this one as it's the same game that we've been playing for a couple of years now. All right, uh, go ahead. If it's the last potato chip in the bag that signals that it's not good for you, <laughs> aren't you probably past the point of no return? You're messing up the way that I lie to myself. <laughs> Every other chip is okay. It's just this last chip that's not good. <laughs> have you played any of the CODs? Yeah, I have. And I, you know, I usually enjoy a lot of those i i tend to like uh, that ilk in that series of games uh ghost recon a bit more right or which this was call of duty yeah the, the, and i've liked them but i don't find myself rushing out to get them i'll wait until they end up um drastically reduced before yeah. i ever play them i mean it's it's a, and you mentioned ghost recon ghost recon's a great game and i have the last one that came out the uh, point break but the main issue i have with that is it's third person so you're still having to deal with looking over the shoulder of the character you're playing. And I'm sure that uh, the kind listeners are going, this This is the Halloween episode, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I guess we're scaring them in a different way. We are way. scaring them. We're scaring them, yes, with our wonderful podcast. Okay, so that's Jeff's judgment. Um, Todd, I'm, I'm, I'm hearing some banging on something. So let me, uh, let me step out real quick. I, I'll be right back. Give me one second. Okay. Hey Todd. Hello? Todd, it's uh it's Commander Arf. <laughs> Oh, hello, unannounced portion of the uh, production stuff. <laughs> Jeff's so stupid, man. I made some noises, and he's like out there just running around. I, I had to get some airtime. He won't let me back on after. I, I don't know if you heard when I had my own uh, The Outer Kind podcast. Um, thousands and thousands upon millions of listens. I am uh, I'm a pretty big deal on, uh, uh, what's the planet name? I'm a sh Shram. Shram. I have to remember my own planet. So what's going on with you, man? I haven't talked to you in a while. What's happening? Yeah, um, nothing's going on. You know, I've heard about you, but I, I have to admit, I've never listened to you. Oh, you didn't, you, you didn't catch my podcast? No. Oh, okay. Well, that's, that's fine. That's fine. That's fine. 
Okay. <laughs> um. Anyway, I mean, you should check it out. I mean, you call yourself pop culture or something. You should check it out. It's oh, pretty I good. I see what you're doing there. So you, um, you, you minimize me. Okay, that's great. So you and I are going to be adversarial with each other. Is that it? So, so do you like my costume? Can you guess what I'm dressed up as? Um, a mouse. A mouse? No, man. Uh, you a, sound so small. I'm a taco. <laughs> a taco? Yeah. Don't you people on Aaron's planet? <laughs> what planet is it? How do you say it again? Earth? Earth. Oh, it always gets me. Anyway, don't you people on Earth like tacos? Right? Do they have tacos on other planets? I don't know. I really don't. But I, I saw it on um, Amazon and like totally signed up for it and everything. So I think a little smashing can be hit. You saw hot. tacos on Amazon? Tacos on Amazon. Yeah. It's tacos.amazon.com. Check it out. <laughs> Hang on. I'm so, going. So I have no idea where that's going to leave me. Yeah, any virus you get is not the responsibility of Commander Arf or the planner Fram. Anyhow, okay, so, 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 so. Gonna hit a party later, gonna be a big deal. Flying to New York City, gonna be spending Halloween in uh, Times Square. Check okay. that out. You going to yeah, a party? I'd, I'd to... love to go. Are you gonna fly me up to Times Square? No, I'm not inviting you. I'm asking if you're going to your own party. I'm kind of hurt that you're inviting me to go up to Times Square <laughs> with you. You can come with me, man. I'll bring you up. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, you. Fly on your spaceship. Do I get to have a Richard Dreyfus at the end of Close Encounters, the third kind moment? Oh, well, the spaceship uh, is kind of broken, as, as you heard it when it came in. Uh, so we're taking an Uber. I figure Omaha to New York, it's an hour or two. Be there plenty of time to party down. Love it. So. That's yeah, okay. it's been great talking to you. I mean, right. I'm just thrilled with this. I, I, uh, hey, get, come on now. Get out of here. I, I got to go, man. He's, he's, he's all, you know, Jeff, when he gets upset, he's all wiring. Anyway, okay, man. I'll catch you later. I'm going to take back off. Be good. Apparently, that thing is propelled on flatulence. <sighs> <sighs> Right? You figure you could get like a some kind of better pr- pr- propulsion? Propulsion? Sorry about that. I thought somebody was breaking in the house, but it was obviously a decoy. Everything all right? Man, that was great. I, you know, I love when it comes to Halloween. Yes. I love those moments when a surprise comes around the corner. You're like, oh my God. <laughs> or are you, are you, or was that more like, oh my God? I, I don't want to answer that question. <laughs> All right, let's uh, since we got that out of the way, let's go ahead and move to center stage. It is Halloween. And I mean, I guess as I've gotten older, I've lost my love. But I remember when I was a kid, this was like one of the greatest days in the history of days. Dot com. <laughs> what did, did you find? You're making me laugh more today than ever jeff i i think you took a funny pill for halloween i did i did hey uh what was that taco dot amazon.com anything i can't uh do you have the beep ready yeah it was um yeah Uh, that's pretty much it all right kind listeners be careful if you go there um so uh todd tell me about your 
your fascination or disinterest in the Halloween day night party? You know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. Oh my God. This, this, this podcast is haunted. I'm telling you right now. It is. So I love Halloween. I am not of that kind that gets so freaky that, you know, it's the best holiday ever. I've, I've had times uh, when we lived like in the house where we lived before we are now, my wife and I used to have a lot of fun and uh, I even made a witch's cauldron with, you know, dry ice coming out of it, backlit and all kind and making it spooky. That's a lot of work. And the older I get, I don't care yeah. so much, but I, I do love it because, you know, I, I've said before on the podcast, I grew up adoring horror films. Right. I, I love the language of horror. I love to watch anything about it. I love masks. So when you see all these uh, shows where people are making masks on TV and they have contests, I, I'll watch it. I'll even watch the Halloween cupcake war type thing just because I love that kind of spooky element. Now, when it comes to Halloween itself, yeah, you know, I'm not a big candy person, so it doesn't really affect me, but I, I enjoy it. Okay. You know, we get together. We're going to get together with friends tonight and oh. go to the house and we're going to drink beer and eat walking tacos, which Commander Orr can probably come and enjoy our walking taco um you're not really going to jump in an uber and go to new york city with them are you i'm driving the uber <laughs> hey it'd be good money um so, so before we get to movies just just want to talk real quickly about something that you know you and i grew up on that was like a, a staple every halloween that is quickly changing and it's i mean i guess we are many years older but it definitely seems like this routine of going and trick-or-treating is really, really falling out. Um, now, I understand the majority of it is the safety issue and everything, but, um, and, you know, in some of those lists of, of myths of Halloween was the whole razor blade and in an apple and all that other stuff that they can't really confirm whether that was a truth or if it was just some, some stuff that was made up to scare parents. But um, uh, I'm just amazed at how quickly it's disappearing and whether that really matters or not. So <clears throat> with this party that I'm going to, I you're you're right about what you're saying. I'm sorry. I know I'm kind of jumping around because I'm trying to correlate this in my head. Sure, um, sure. So you're absolutely right. I, I see the reduction of that. But what I also see is that these friends who live probably about a mile away in another neighborhood, and what you'll see is neighborhoods sort of banding together. Ah. And you know, not, you can't obviously exclude anyone from coming to your neighborhood and trick or treating. Yeah. But they let it be known that people with, they actually leave their door open and put a, a candy cauldron right there and right, hand right. it out. It, they, they've set it up as a safe area. You make sure that the candy you bring is the, the kind you get from target or whatever. That's already all wrapped. So you get like a Twix bar, hundred percent wrapped, <laughs> but you're right. I remember as a kid, um, that idea of don't accept candy from so-and-so yeah. because she makes cookies that are full of arsenic. Yeah. Or pot. Wait, I want to go to the <laughs> pot. Man, can you imagine that as a kid? Mom. <laughs> yeah. Whoa. Um, Mrs. Peter's house again. Right. I'm hungry. She's got pizza. <laughs> um, so, I mean, like, okay. So two things real quick. Uh, on your trick or in your trick or treating experience, what was the what was your kryptonite as far as what somebody could give you? That you a bit of honey, a bit of honey. Mine was a penny. A what? A penny? Yeah, there was there was this one cat 
if you went knocked on his door, he would give you a penny. And that was it. You kids get out of here. Here's your penny. And you're sitting there all night trying to chew yeah. it, thinking there's <laughs> chocolate inside. Yeah, I was that kid. Uh, the second thing is, have you heard of this uh, new solution to trick-or-treating called Trunk or Treat? That sounds terrifying. Are we putting children <laughs> in the trunk? <laughs> right. So what it is, is it's instead of neighborhoods, there are areas where people pull up their cars, open their trunks, and have candy inside, and then the kids just go around the, the circle of cars there to get candy. How does that sound any safer? <laughs> It, just arbitrary people pull up into a parking lot, open a trunk, and, have, and eventually a child's going to get stuffed inside, and it's going to become a, a Netflix show where they talk about child abductions. Right. I I, I kind of had the same thought you did um, mm-hmm. when I was introduced or brought, that idea was brought to me, but uh, uh, any, any criticism of that particular activity is met with stern... Uh, resistance. And so uh, if, if you're a kind listener and you've trunk or treated, uh, feel free to email us info at the, uh, the info at the other kind radio.com. Uh, we'd love to know your thoughts. Cause I said the same thing. And let me tell you this, nobody laughed and they are looking like it's a real thing. We do the trunk or treat and it's not funny. So I was like, okay, wrong. What's the- Oh God. So they're, they're those kind where, <sighs> How <laughs> dare you put me down, man? Right, exactly. You know what? Everybody has an opinion, and and unfortunately, everybody talks about their opinion. Well, I, I don't mean any harm by telling you that trunk or treating is the dumbest thing on the face right. of the earth. <laughs> right. I mean, that's pretty much what I said. And what's the first rule of comedy? But know your audience. I didn't know my audience. I didn't know that everybody had their pro trunk or treat trunk trout T-shirts on. So, hey, for those that are going trick or treating, uh, have fun. And those that are going trunk or treating. You know, great. Um, enjoy. But uh, and we'd love to hear your worst candies that you got. I know I this episode is brought to you by candy corn. That was always kind of a game stopper for me. But I always See, I love candy corn. You do like candy corn, okay? Candy corn is is unfortunately when we talk about the other kind of kryptonite. I'm like, oh god, it's my true weakness. My wife, she knows that I try. You know, the older I get, I got to kind of watch what I eat, so I don't end up just a fat tub of lard. And no offense to those that don't watch what they eat and consider themselves half tub lard anyway i don't want to be that and sure enough halloween comes and she usually puts out a massive bowl of candy corn and the ones that i can't keep my hands off of are the one that it's the same stuff but they make it into a pumpkin oh no oh god when that's there it's the same thing but for some reason it's even more alluring and i'm like honk honk so the lovely thing is and god this sounds so mean but with my mother-in-law having had so many health issues here of late my wife's not had time to get candy corn this year, so oh. I don't eat it all. Okay, that's good of you. Just you get, there's a guy that got a promotion, right? Yeah. The 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 candy corn manufacturing having an an emergency employee meeting. Guys, we got a problem. Candy corn sales are going down. We need that's an right. idea. Oh, it's not even this year. You, Bob, in the back. What's your idea? Uh, should we take them and just make them into pumpkin shape? <laughs> Love it. That's a great idea. You're promoted. Meanwhile, you and I are like, oh, I should have thought of that. So what's your favorite candy? Um, trick-or-treating. It has to be the, you. When you saw it as a kid, which one do you go, yes? Um, Probably Red Hots. Red Hots were my favorite. Okay. 
Yeah. Red hot for good, except that I always got kind of tired mouth after a while. Just and they, they aren't really that hot, but all that cinnamon after a while is like, wow. So to, to, uh, to dive deeper uh, into the scenes of the other kind of radio real quick. I once, uh, when I, my first job I ever had was dishwashing and that's scary. Boo. Um, and when I would dishwash, I would go over to the convenience store right by the restaurant and get red hots. And I put them in my cheek between my cheek and teeth. And that would just be kind of what I would like, you know, be sucking on. Uh, and then I remember, uh, like a couple months later, I went to the, <laughs> the dentist and the guy's like, Hmm, this is the strangest thing. All the teeth on this side of your mouth are, you know, getting attacked by sugar. <laughs> it's like, Oh yeah, well, I guess I shouldn't be just taking red hots and just treating them like tobacco or, or chewing tobacco. So there you go. More information you wanted to know. Um, all right. So that's trick or treating. Now I know you've got, you've got some things lined up that you really like about Halloween and or pop culture of Halloween. Well, it's no surprise to anyone that my favorite thing about Halloween is scary movies. I love them. I'm always on the outlook. Uh, I'll look for another one. Unfortunately, half the ones that come out are garbage. Um, but there is one that sits in my mind as the quintessential film. And and it so happens that it shares the name with the holiday itself. So platoon platoon. That's the theme song from platoon. I swear to God, <laughs> there are days when I just adore you more than others. So that's the great music from John Carpenter's film, Halloween, 1978's masterful story of a killer coming to a small town and killing essentially a bunch of children. He's the boogeyman and he's come back originally made for $300,000 went on to gross. 47 million at the U.S. box office, which is equivalent to 150 million today, making it one of the most successful independent films of all time. Oh, good lord! That, that was supposed to be a ramp down of the music, and that didn't work. <laughs> hey, um, welcome to my world. <laughs> so, my dad took me to see that at the Rialto Theater in Denison, and it it sits in my mind as probably one of the most terrifying events that has ever occurred i'm going to stop right there right there right there right there right there right there so my father takes me he has me seated in this theater with my best friend at the time trent hyman sitting on the opposite side of my father my dad at least knew what this film was he had read that you know it's kind of a riff in its own way on psycho he knew psycho he had seen enough these kind of films he knew what to expect so dad had so much fun with us sitting there watching us 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 i think i'm max headroom um and you know even to the point that when mike myers would jump out dad would throw his hands down on our shoulders and send us screaming to the top of the roof and so it's not just the film it's the experience of sharing that with my father i i watch this film at least one or two times a year i will always be one of my favorite films it is one that even my wife 
will turn on in the background knowing how much I love it. Mm. If you've never seen this, Jeff, have you, I know you don't like scary movies. Have you seen it? I think I, I think I've watched it once. It's uh, the main guy's Mike Myers, right? Yes. And then okay. not the uh, Austin Powers, Mike Myers. Hello, love. Yeah. So I have so much fun with this film that even the music, like I just played yeah. it, it, it is a fun thing. And in my family, I'm going to try and play one more track. Hopefully I haven't wrapped this down so much. If I'm trying to scare my wife, I imitate this piece of, piece of music. All I have to do is play one note over and over behind her, and she's like, stop it, Todd, <laughs> stop it. And especially, it's going to, in a moment, we're going to let it go. It, it, it riffs on Bernard Herrmann's piece from Psycho. Just takes a while to So there you hear the riff on Bernard Herman. You've got the whole <laughs> We have so much fun teasing each other with that piece of music that I would say amongst the things, the pop culture things in my family that ring true, Halloween and Jaws are something that no matter what, it's always a part of who we are. I think I think my first experience was the um uh, Fre- uh Freddy Nightmare Freddy on Elm Street. Kruger? Yes. Yeah. That one captured my attention. It scared the bejesus out of me, of course, because it was don't fall asleep and they were all in high school. Um, but I, you know, again, I'm not a big scary music, uh, music, scary movie fan. I did rewatch this past week. Uh, what I have to say is my new favorite, which is cabin in the woods. It's uh, good. I, I like its take. I like that you get to see kind of see the behind the scenes of what's happening. I think that makes me more comfortable feeling like I'm a part of the bad guys plan and see what they're doing. Um, but I, yeah, I don't have, I know that the n- nightmare before Christmas or whatever that is. Uh, I know that's played around the house usually around this time. It, it, it's okay. <laughs> oh, I um, love that movie. Yeah. Love that movie. Um, but you know, again, it's it's just for me. I, I think more just kind of watching everybody freak out that Thanksgiving's around the corner and then Christmas is going to be happening soon for for those that celebrate it and and snow's starting to fall and temperatures are getting cold. So that's kind of what I like about it. Um, but I, again, it's in in past past Halloween's and relationships. You know, the the whole let's get dressed up and go to a costume party. Ah, oh, the ultimate beatdown for me. I mean, really? Oh, yeah. I it, I can enjoy the the creativity of it. Um, I I've had it before where I thought I was going to a party and I told somebody my idea, and the next thing I know, hey, I took your idea and went to my own party. I was like, eh, thanks, thanks for blowing <laughs> my idea there. And but you know, that's the only kind of thing that I don't like is that i do not want to insinuate i'm more creative than anyone else in the world but if right. you can't create your own thing don't steal someone who said they created their own thing you know that that kind of crap that gets on my nerves yeah but overall i, I kind of find some fun in that yeah i've got uh, i've got some fun facts about halloween for you right here let's hear it okay coming in at number eight the custom of decorating uh, with black and orange for Halloween makes perfect sense. Orange is seen throughout this autumn's change and a symbol of strength and endurance, while black is a typical color of death. Death. There's a reason why I started with number eight. Number seven, the history of Halloween includes a lot of romance. 
Scottish girls hung wet sheets in front of the fire on a on the holiday to see images of their future husband. Uh, what? <laughs> young woman. That, that's kind of perverse. Young woman would also peel an apple. Um, I'm not going to say that joke. Often after midnight in one strip and throw it over their shoulder. The strip was supposed to land in the shape of the first letter of her future husband's name. I've actually heard that one before. In colonial America, Halloween's bobbing for apples was a fortune-telling game. The first person to get an apple without using his or her hands would be the first to marry. So Now I think you're doing it to me. Ladies and gentlemen, that takes us back to the number 69. <laughs> there you go. Boom. Bought through it. Uh, oh, no, by the way, this, is, um, this list is off of parents.com. Oh. Got Everyone's kids? favorite 69. Make sure you check out parents.com by Menon. Um, number six, the bonfire, the bond in bonfire is a reference to bones during <clears throat> priests lit large fires to represent the sun returning after a hard winter. They would throw the bones of cattle into the flames, creating a bone fire. There you go. There's, there's a movie title or a band name. Bonefire. Any more bands? Thank you. <laughs> uh, number five. Cats have been a part of the Halloween history of Halloween for centuries. During the ancient Celtic festival of again, priests used cats as part of a ritual to try to predict the future. Now, I will say, since we're on Parents.com, there that's all. They don't get into any what they did. <laughs> what they did. It's just that one sentence, and they're like, "That's good." I'm sure the guy that came up with that one like had this big paragraph about how they used to do all these terrible things to cats. And like, well, we'll just say they, they were used. Um, I've lost you. Because, because it says how cats, cats were used were part of a ritual to predict the future. That's it. It doesn't say how. So I'm thinking they're keeping it pretty clean there, you know? Uh, number four, trick-or-treating likely evolved from medieval custom of souling in England. On All Souls Day celebrations, poor people would knock on doors asking for food in exchange for saying prayers for the home's dead relatives. Hence, we have ended up trunk-or-treating. Trunk-or-treating. Number three, jack-o'-lanterns were originally carved into turnips. Huh. Uh, In traditional Celtic history, a man named Jack tricked the devil. So after Jack died, the devil made him roam the night. With only a burning coal to light his way. Jack put the piece of coal in a carved out turnip, a common vegetable there, and became known as Jack of the Lantern. Irish and Scottish people would carve their own versions of Jack's lantern with scary faces and place them near windows or doors to frighten away Jack or other evil spirits. When immigrants brought the tradition to America, the native pumpkin were more available than turnips. And today's jack-o'-lanterns we're born. Man, I, I next Halloween I'm carving in turnips though. Yeah. Do you think that Jack like tried to carve like, you know, he t- like did a tomato, then he did a potato, maybe a corn. <laughs> <And> a tomato. <laughs> that, oh, that's oh, every time I do it, it yeah. falls apart. Ah. Curse you devil. That right. was actually of all your facts so far, that was the most interesting one. I, I really like that one. That's why we're working from the bottom to the top. Number two, I, now it's going to I may also, I'm going to start calling mine Jeff O'Lanterns. 
Uh, of course, this is obviously I haven't read all the way through these because that would require production. So these top two might be not as good. But anyway, number two, dressing up in costumes was once a way to hide from ghosts. The tradition originated as a way for the Celtic and other European people to hide from the spirits which returned this time of year. People wore masks when they left their homes after dark so ghosts would think they were fellow spirits. To keep the ghosts out of their houses, people would place bowls of food outside to make them happy. Now, if I was a ghost and I saw another person that looked like a ghost, I'd walk up and go, hey, man, what's going on? I don't know if it would scare me away, but I digress. They They weren't very smart. Today's Halloween is a cultural mashup. The Halloween holiday we've come to know and love is a combination of several different celebrations from different cultures and religions at different times in history. The ancient Celtic people celebrated making the end of the harvest season at a time when the bounty between the worlds of the living and dead became blurred and ghosts visited the earth. After the Roman Empire conquered the Celtic peoples, their festivals of a day of late October when the Romans honored the passing of the dead and a day to honor the Roman goddess of fruits and trees were combined with all right, so the top one didn't turn out as good, and there's a bunch of big words in there I can't pronounce. But anyway, there are your uh, eight fun facts about the history of Halloween brought to you by parents.com. Love it, love it, love it, love it, love it. Love. That was perfect. <laughs> <laughs> My Max Headroom moment uh, again. Love it, love it, love it, love it. I really do think this is haunted. Um, okay, so one other thing I want to get into real quick, and then we'll throw it back to you. Um, video games. Have you ever played a video game in your ginormous home theater that scared the the bejesus out of you? Yeah, there've been a few. Um, I honestly, there've been quite a few that have played. I've been like, Oh my God, I can't recall which ones they were. Um, I can, I remember early in the days of video game playing, or I should say the, the original PS one. So it wasn't, uh, it was a long time ago, but not way, way back. Uh, I remember hearing of this game called resident evil. Now, again, Folks, we're going to jump in the AV time machine. This is an age where the internet is barely going. Uh, cell phones are very rare. Pagers are out, but there wasn't a lot of social media. So I wasn't popping on or getting tweets or texts about stuff. So heard about this game called Resident Evil. Also, it was difficult back then, too, to get like, you know, full captures of the game. So you couldn't watch anything. The reason why I keep mentioning all this is this is one of the games that I went to absolutely knowing nothing about. And I got challenged from a friend of mine to play the game by myself in the dark. And I'm like, whatever. I played Space Invaders. I had a big Donkey Kong throw barrels at me. I got this. And what happened after starting the game, there's a portion of the game where you're walking down a hallway and this zombie dog jumps through the window and it scared the bejesus out of me. The only thing that kind of I caught on to that helped me get through the game was because the, the technology was older. Anytime something was about to happen, you could hear the disc inside the PS1 fire <laughs> up. So like you'd walk into a room or look around a corner and you hear, and I'm like, oh, okay, something's coming. But, um, and that wasn't a ghost. That was my uh, impression of a disc CD disc turning. Um, also until dawn, which is kind of a choose your own mystery game. That's kind of fun to play is you got some jump moments. Um, I watched some stuff on Twitch and there's some really scary ones out there for PC. 
Uh, were you able to recall any ones that uh, that got you in particular? The only one that comes to mind, and I recently downloaded it again with my Game Pass, Ooh. was the the version of Alien. Oh yes, that they recently put out, and it, it it's pretty good atmospheric wise you know and aliens one of those films too that for me scared the poop out of me as a kid yes um and i remember playing i i tried to play it once and for whatever reason i think it's back when i did uh what, what's the service is that game fly where they send you the discs oh, yeah. and like, i did that for a while and then i had a kid and i don't have time for it right <laughs> i played the very first of it and i was like hey that's fun and i lost interest in it so it it scared the bejesus out of me but i've recently downloaded it so if you hear me screaming you know what i'm doing yeah I just, I, I, you know, again, for me, I, I allow myself and the, and the interesting, I was, I was almost surprised. I was almost surprised. How can you almost be surprised? I was surprised you didn't bring up the fact that I won't watch scary movies, but I'll play scary games. Well, that's funny that you say that because my mind had just gone to that place <laughs> and I'm going to charge you with, a, um, I have an assignment for you, Jeff. Okay. Uh, I've got a pen. Since you will watch. Our play scary games. Did you make me install Discord? I think that's what's causing all these issues somehow. The best one so far is you is you said fuck. And it goes Did I really? It goes I'm leaving it in. I'm leaving it in. I love it. You are charged with with watching the 2014 film called The Babadook. Ooh. Oh. It The Babadook. That wasn't inhabits, the Huh? Okay. I thought maybe it was the Choose Your Own that came out on on uh, Netflix, but that was No, th- this is an indie film and I will say, you know, I I love this movie. This movie has everything that a great horror film should have. It has scares. It's smart. It has great characters. But most of all, it's not just about what's scary. It's really about something else. It has something to say about the human condition. That's the best scary films. And the description on IMDb is a single mother and her child fall into a deep well of paranoia when an eerie children's book titled oh, Mr. Babadook manifests in their home, 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 now you're scaring me yeah that one was actually kind of cool <laughs> but anyway it you know there i will say this there is one special effect in it that i went oh you can tell this is a really low budget film but it is a beautifully constructed beautifully written film that so much so that the, the woman who made it jennifer kent's gone on to publish books about it ah. and it's it's really good i want i want you to watch it and i want to see if it scares you all right i will i will watch it and comment on my twitter account and then i'll have a review or uh, update for you when we record the next episode okay all right anything else uh for our halloween haunted podcast that's freaking out special you know just because i'm so scared of the gremlins that are going on in my machine i'm gonna quit talking because if i don't I think they're going to take over my life. I'm telling you, man, I, this is the weirdest thing. And I'm not even a person that's like, you know, Oh, ghosts or whatever, man. Uh, like the guy watching, uh, UHF. Um, but yeah, I'm kind of, I'm kind of ready to shut this down <laughs> too. So, uh, final, final thoughts, final thoughts, go find yourself a good, scary movie, get a bowl of popcorn, turn the lights off. So the kids don't bother you. Enjoy. 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 Enjo
wonder how many listeners are thinking that that's something that we're doing. I, I swear we're not. That's no. th- yesterday's production crap yep. has bled into today. So <sighs> turn off the lights, ignore the kids. Everybody stay safe on Halloween. All right. Thank you, Todd. Um, for me, get yourself a good scary video game. Do some searches on the web as far as some of the really scary ones that are out there. They've remade the Resident Evil games um, and get a good fright out of a video game. Uh, one uh, one piece of advice for those kind listeners that uh, have a significant other that don't play video games, but you want to share the gaming experience on the PS4 until dawn um, is... I've tried and it has worked. Uh, obviously the person that plays video games can drive the game, but the, it allows the other person to tell you what to do and kind of creates a joint experience. So make sure you check that out. All right. It's that time again to end the show. So I'm going to turn it over to our master of ceremonies. Happy Halloween, everybody. Todd and Jeff are gone now. I hope they enjoyed the little surprise I left for them in their audio file. I'm a part-time hacker, uh, kind of like long weeks. So never mind about that. We're going to shout out to a couple of the other kind listeners that have recently followed us on SoundCloud. So a shout out to Tasty Waves, Forgotten District X, Cindy Bale, Cybersource, Jasper Howland, Large Voice, Modern Sound. Todd and Jeff, thank you for following and listening to The Other Kind Radio. Happy Halloween, everyone. Remember, we are The Other Kind. <laughs>